look at um, Luke 24 passage uh, that is this week's um, gospel lesson. It's called The Road to Emmaus. Everybody say Emmaus. Emmaus. Yep, it has no real massive significance in today's sermon, but it took me all week to figure out how to say it. So <laughs> on Tuesday morning when I was sharing a little bit about this, it was Emmaus. But I got there. I got there. We're Luke 24. Luke 24, verse 13 and following. Luke 24, 13 and following. Now, the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. See how nice this is? <clears throat> about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked, they discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, and their faces were downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked, which is funny, I got Cleopas right all, all, since the beginning. Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word, and dead before, uh, not dead, sorry, Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and they told us they had seen a vision of the angels who said he was alive. Then some of our company, uh, companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish are you and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? In beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going to go further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? They got up, and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven. And those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you um, for all the truth that is there, that you have given us, that we have such free access to. Lord, I pray that the, the word would change us. Lord, that your word, your truth would change us each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let me say just a quick uh, little background. This is, uh, obviously they said right here, this is three days after Jesus is risen from, from the dead. You know, he, if you didn't know, he died on the cross for our sins and he raised again a new life. The tomb had been rolled away. The women had already been there and seen that Jesus wasn't there. And then you have these two men walking down the road on their way to Amos. Aramis. Emmaus. See? I guarantee you nobody will ever forget where they were walking. 
And so they're walking, and they're talking about the things that had happened. They're, they're discussing on their seven-mile journey home uh, what was going on. And it's really interesting. It says here, Jesus began to walk alongside them. And, man, this story is so incredible. He just begins to walk beside them, and they don't even know. And a little later on, he just kind of disappears um, without them really even knowing what had happened. It just, it just is amazing how... Um, Jesus operated and how God operates in our life in this way. But it says, Jesus himself began to walk with them. So they're walking down this road. They're talking about this. And he says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And right here at the end of verse 17, it says, they stood still and their faces were downcast. Pretty interesting. They, if you notice, while they were talking or what they began to tell him what they were talking about, they were talking about all the events that had just happened. They said, are, are you not the, are you the only one around? that doesn't understand what just happened or doesn't know what just happened? Are you not from here? But they were downcast. It says they stood still and they were downcast. Their faces were downcast because they were troubled, because they hadn't seen Jesus yet. They were troubled by all the scriptures that they had known and all the scriptures that had been given to them, and, and those things they were worried about that haven't happened. It says this, and, and if you jump down to 20, it says, it's about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and the people. And the chief priest and our rulers handed over, the chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning and they didn't find his body. They came and told us and they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. These two men had heard all of this. They knew the scriptures, obviously. They knew what was supposed to take place. They knew that Jesus was supposed to come back. They had heard the testimony of the women who saw the angels that said, Jesus is alive. Yet they were still and they were downcast. And as I was reading this and, and, and just pondering over it, I began to realize this is something we often do in our own lives. When we don't see the move of God right away or exactly how we perceive it should happen, we begin to forget what the Scripture says. We begin to forget what the Scripture says. We forget all the promises of God. We forget the things that God's called us to. We forget the things that God has called us away from, the things that we're told to do, the things we're told not to do. We begin to forget just as these men had. And what's interesting is, here's Jesus walking beside them. He very easily could have said, hey, hey, Jesus. <laughs> and what would have happened? They would have believed, right? They would have seen it all. They would have been, oh, my goodness, here it is. They would have been overcome with joy because that's actually what happened a little bit later. But what he actually did, instead of just revealing him full, his full self to him and saying, here I am, here are my nail-pierced hands, here are those scars on my body, what did he do? says this, he said, how foolish are you and how slow are you to believe all the prophets had spoken. He didn't exactly just incredibly reveal himself and, and just expose everything. He pointed them back to the scriptures. He pointed them back to the word of God and reminded them of what it said. It says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter the glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets... He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You know, often in our life, we're waiting for God to just reveal himself, to just show us all the answers and 
and all the, the, uh, the, the answers to our problems and all our concerns and all our worries and just reveal himself in full. And we often forget that he has already revealed so much of himself in the scriptures. That the scriptures hold all the truth. That the scriptures, that he breathed the life into this word, that it is the living word of God, holds so many truths for us. So many promises, so many encouragements, so many directions, so many safeties. And we tend to ignore them. Some of it's because maybe we're not digging in, we're not spending the time we need to, and we don't even know them. But they are there. And here in this instance, when Jesus could have just said, here I am, he didn't. He first said, remember what the scriptures said. And while he was speaking to him, a little bit farther down, you'll see, while he was speaking to him, their hearts began to burn. Because the truth of God was being revealed to them. The truth of, of, of what the Messiah had to go through and what the Messiah promised and, and, and the raising of the dead that he was promised to come back. He began to reveal that to them, and their hearts began to burn. When we hold tight to the truth of the word, when we begin to really read what God has for us, what he has written, how he is telling us who we are, how he is showing us who he is, our hearts should begin to burn because it is the truth of God. And I think as they began to walk along, they began to realize you're right. They were being encouraged and being reminded of what the Scripture says about this Messiah. And so they began to keep walking, and, and they got to Emmaus. See? Three out of four is not bad. Three out of four is not bad. They got to Emmaus, four out of five. And Jesus, you know, he, he looked like he was going to keep walking and keep going, and they urged him. They urged him, won't you stay with us? It's been a long day. We've walked seven miles. There's no need for you to go on. It says, as they approached the village, they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. And this might be one of my most favorite parts of this whole passage. It says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. It says, then their eyes are opened, and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight. That part's always just fascinating. They asked each other, where are our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us and on the road and opened up the scriptures to us. Here, Jesus reveals the fullness of who he is. And the setting, for me, is just an incredible thing to look at. You know, often when we're walking down those roads, those hard times, we're in the midst of hard times, what we want is that revelation of God, but where it often happens is at that table where we commune with him, where we are stopped and we, and we are still and we are with him and he's breaking the bread. You know, Jesus did this often. They broke bread together all the time, the disciples. They broke bread together, and, and they shared in, in festivities. They shared in meals. They spent time together. And here at the table is where Jesus revealed himself to these guys. When we want the revelation of the Lord, we want to see the fullness of who Jesus is, the fullness of who God is, you have to be still and at the table with him to commune with him, to break bread with him, to take time. At the table is a place where we stop and we settle and we're not rushed. This isn't fast food. This is sit down and relax and commune with one another. But often we are so rushed and we are wanting everything to happen so fast that we are unwilling to sit there. We want the result 
of the revelation of the Lord, but sometimes we're not willing just to be still. And we're not willing to take the time to get to know Him and we're not willing to build that relationship with Him. But there's a promise here. If you missed it, I want to show it to you. He could have easily just rebuked them and left. Right? He did. He rebuked them. He gently rebuked them and said, how foolish are you to be so slow to believe? To not even care about the witnesses of others and the testimony of others and the, what the scriptures say. How foolish are you? He could have said, here I am, and then just left. But what he did is he gently rebuked them and gently began to remind them of the scriptures and then revealed who he was. There's a promise that if we draw close to him, if we draw close to the Lord, he will reveal himself. It won't always be in our time. It won't always be in the way we want it or the way we think it should happen. But the promise that Jesus will reveal himself fully, the Holy Spirit will reveal himself fully to us each and every day if we're willing to take the time is right here. After the stone was rolled away, Jesus appeared to them. He didn't have to. He could have let them continue walking downcast and not believing, but he decided, I'm going to encourage you with the Scriptures. He could have stopped right there with the encouragement of the Scriptures and not broken bread and not communed with him and not sat down with him to take the time to build that relationship and reveal himself, but he did. And he promises to do that. If we are willing to stop and to commune with the Lord, he will reveal himself to us. So it says here that Jesus disappeared from their sight. It says they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. The two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. In a little while, we, we mentioned it already, we're going to start a new series um, called What's, it, what, no, What's Your Story? Right? Okay, good. What's Your Story? Huh? It's Emmaus. It's all about, it's all about Emmaus. Five out of six. <laughs> Five out of six. And uh, it really is about testifying and sharing our testimony of what Jesus has done in our life. And uh, I actually started doing a little bit of this with, with the confirmands, and, I, and I've shared it here and there, and I probably have shared it here as well. But I want to remind us, sometimes we, we get overwhelmed with the idea of sharing the gospel. The idea of how do we even do that? How do we do it well? And, and what are the right words? And where are the right scriptures? And how many steps are on the Roman road? And what happens if you get into the Ephesians road? All that kind of stuff gets in our minds and we get confused and, and, and we get overwhelmed. Maybe it's not you, but that's how I feel often when it t talks about giving our testimony. But testimony really means that we just testify to what we've witnessed, what we've experienced. And I was sharing with somebody the other day, I, I think, it would be so powerful if, if in our day-to-day -day we just did that. If our day-to-day -day when we recognize the, the mercies of God in our life, the grace of God in our life, when, when things happen, that we just say, man, isn't God good? Or when something great happens in your life and, and we say, yeah, God did that in my life. Not, not always having to necessarily share the, the full gospel of what was going on. Here, it says, after they encountered the full revelation of Jesus, it says they got up at once. They had a full revelation of who Jesus was. It says they got up at once and returned to Jerusalem. And if you remember, on the road to Emmaus, how long was the road? What time did they get there? Near evening. 
so near evening that they urged Jesus not to go any farther, saying it's late. But an encounter with Jesus changes everything. An encounter with Jesus took these guys from worried about the night and going to sleep to I'm getting up and I'm returning the seven miles back to testify about what I've seen. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't do anything other than that. It says, then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. They didn't go into some long discourse. They didn't hear it just says they told what had happened. They had an encounter with God Almighty. They had an encounter with Jesus, the resurrected one, our Savior. And it changed everything. And they wanted so badly to tell people. They knew the promises of the Scripture, and it didn't necessarily help them right away until they were re-encouraged by God in this. But when they had a full encounter with Jesus, they were provoked to run back to Jerusalem seven miles at the end of the day, at the end of the evening, to share their testimony. And I was moved by that, and all week I've been thinking about that. How often am I willing, when I encounter Jesus, and how often do we encounter the fullness of Jesus at those dark times, right? At night or early in the morning when nobody else is around or when it's time to go to bed and I just want to relax? Am I provoked to move? That I am so moved by my encounter with Jesus that I want to share. And I've been praying all week that that would be my heart. I've been praying for you all week that that would be your heart. That as we are in relationship with Jesus, and as he reveals himself and begins to show us who he is and show us who we are, that we are provoked to share it. I, when I showed up, I actually showed up late to the, um, the Love Life walk yesterday. I showed up right for the testimonies. And these guys are pouring out their heart, their testimonies. Barbara shared a little bit about it. Their testimonies about what God did in their life for all to hear. Not just for the, the crowd of Christians that had gathered, but for the crowd of protesters that had gathered. While people are hurling insults, like you read about in biblical times, hurling insults at them, boldly sharing their testimony. They didn't go into some deep, um, deep theological talk about the Scriptures. They just shared what God had did in their life. And as people were doing that, it was amazing. As I was watching, people stopped hurling insults. They would hurl a little bit of insults. They'd throw them all out there. They would... They'd do these things, and people would keep sharing, and it would stop, and it would trickle down. They would walk away. They might come back, but they would walk away, and they might come back, but they would continue to stop because it was the power of the testimony that nobody can deny. Nobody can deny what you have seen. Nobody can deny. So I pray that as we're walking these roads, as we're, as we're moving in our day-to-day life, that we would remember what the Scripture said. We remember the promises of God in our life. The promises of who he is and how he provides and how he promises to never leave us or forsake us, that he always promises to forgive, that he always promises to redeem, that we would remember those things and that we would commune with him and we'd receive the full revelation of who he is and then we would testify, that we would share our story. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you and praise you for who you are. I thank you and praise you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. You come and you walk alongside of us. Lord, you come and you guide us and, and you rebuke us and you tell us what the scriptures say and you reveal yourself to us. Lord, I thank you that we never have to doubt that, that you are always faithful. Lord, I pray that as we experience that, Lord, as we draw closer to you and as we receive revelation of who you are, that we would testify each and every day 
about your goodness. That we would testify each and every day about your grace and your mercy in our life. Lord, we would testify to the truth of who you are and to the salvation that you have provided for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.